who's here is excited for summer? Raise your hand. Excited for summer, right? Um, I, when I was your guys' age, summer was literally perfect. I, I thought summer was the best. I mean, we got no school, right? You're hanging out with your friends all the time, right? You got camps coming up. Who's excited for camp? Let's go, right? You got vacations. You're going to the beach, whatever it is. For me, it was sports all the time. Um, but summer was literally perfect. I'm going to bless you guys. Yes, I said bless. I'm going to bless you guys with some pictures of when I was your age. Uh, let's, do we have the first picture? Maybe? Yeah, there I am. Far right there. Eighth graders. Eighth grader. Who's an eighth grader here? Raise your hand if you're in eighth grade. So that was me in eighth grade. Uh, last day of school. I thought it would be uh, right to wear a purple uh, suit to my eighth grade dance. Uh, I thought that would bless people, and it did. Uh, next picture. Next picture. All right, here's my question here. My question. Who's got the better fro? Me or the other guy? What? Why? No respect. That, so that was seventh grade. So these seventh graders. There I was in seventh grade. But you guys, the thing, when I was your age, when I was your age, you guys, I thought that, like, summer was perfect. I thought I was in heaven. I thought I had needed, I had all I ever needed and ever wanted in the summer. Um, but as we approach summer and this time of summer, and honestly, right now, I'm kind of going off a tangent, something that was just on my heart recently to talk about here. Uh, as we approach summer, uh, it's my prayer that God blesses you guys and that you feel like summer is this amazing season that you're having fun every single day um, and God's just continuing to bless you. But at the same time, I pray that you guys long for something more and that you desire something more that summer, the season of summer can't offer and that this world can't offer. Um, and I believe it is more powerful for me to pray for you guys than it is for me to speak to you. So honestly, as I prepare to speak every week on Sunday, I believe it's more important for me to pray for you guys as I prepare throughout that entire week than it is just for me to be here. And one thing I've been praying for you guys this whole entire week is that, yes, God will bless you in this summer, that he will bless you more than you can imagine. Your dreams will become reality and that everything you've ever wanted that will happen in this summer but at the same time, I pray, most importantly, that you guys will long for something more. That you will desire something more, something more that only God can fulfill and God can satisfy. Because I'm, I know I'm not the only one in here that knows that this world can't satisfy everything. And so it's my prayer that you guys realize that this summer. Okay? I heard a story from a pastor, um, a guy in his ministry, uh, his name was Tim. Uh, Tim had a girlfriend, and they were dating, and then Tim felt called to be a missionary in India. And so he went to India, and while his girlfriend stayed back in the United States, and when he was in India, the, Tim realized he felt God was calling him to marry his girlfriend. And so he came up with this plan to um, fly back to the United States. He had a short amount of time. So he flew back. He had this plan to fly back to the United States, propose to his girlfriend in the airport, get back on the flight and come back to India because he, his time was so limited. So that's what he had to do to be able to propose. And so he had it all mapped out, and he got on his first flight. 
and he had a connection flight. The other flight got delayed, so then that messed up his next flight, and he actually missed his third flight to get back to the United States. And so he was stuck in a city, obviously, where his girlfriend wasn't at. Um, and the airline company he flew with felt kind of, they heard about his story and what he was going to do, so they felt bad. They decided to put him up in a, a hotel and pay for his hotel, his room and board, where the city he was basically stuck in, so he didn't have to stay overnight in the, um, in the, um, what's the airport. Thank you, Deb. The airport. Uh, in the airport. And so uh, he, he, they put him up in a hotel, but most, most of the time when companies do this, where airline companies do this, they put you up in a, it's a nice hotel, but nothing fancy, but this time they put him up in a five-star resort. They put him up in a five-star resort, and celebrities were everywhere. And so he told his pastor back home that he was in this five-star resort. This was his quote he told his pastor. I was in this five-star resort, but I felt like I was in prison, he said, because he just wanted to be home with his girlfriend. And all the girls are in here like, oh, right? They're probably, oh, it's so cute. But what I'm trying to get at you guys here is that that hit me pretty hard. That quote by that guy, that hit me pretty hard because that's exactly how we should feel on this earth. We, we should feel like that. We should feel like we are in a five-star resort. That's my prayer for every single one of us. But it's also my prayer that we feel like we're in prison at the same time because we just long to be home with Jesus because this isn't home yet. Right? So that's, my prayer is God blesses you in this season of summer. But my prayer, most importantly, is that we long to be home with Jesus. So that, honestly, has this, this whole thing, this intro has nothing to do with my sermon topic. But I, that's what I just wanted to express to you guys because I believe it's going to impact someone today. So you guys bow your heads and pray with me before we dive into God's word. God, we just come before you. Right now, thanking you for waking us up today, this opportunity to be here today, God, to be able to, right now for me just to be able to speak to you, God, we thank you for that. God, we, I pray for every person in this room, God, that you bless them with health, with provision, with everything that they desire, God, in their heart that's in line with your will, that that comes to surpass in this time of summer, God. But at most importantly, Jesus, I pray that we all long for something more, something that only you can satisfy, God, and that they find that fulfillment in you. Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity to open up your word right now. I pray, God, that your spirit is speaking through me as we dive into this topic on the Holy Spirit. I pray, God, that your spirit is being poured out onto this place, God. So we praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. We all say? Amen. All right, raise your hand. I think we haven't passed out Bibles yet. Raise your hand if you need a Bible. Chad will get those passed out to you. Um, also, these are new Bibles. If you don't have a Bible at home, please take this one. There's a letter in it for, for, for you guys from Jeff and I um, about that Bible and how we can help you and guide you in resources to help reading Scripture and reading God's Word. Um, but a month ago, you guys, four weeks ago, we started a series on the Holy Spirit, right? We're in, this is week four of this series with you guys um, on the Holy Spirit. We've talked about so far how the Holy Spirit is a person, and how he empowers us, right? Jesus always refers to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit as he or him, right? And how he empowers us. We also talked about how the Holy Spirit is God. He's part of the Trinity, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three persons, one God. And we also talked about how he convicts and comforts us. 
Jeff talked about last week how the Holy Spirit kind of leads us and guides us through life and, and how he speaks to us in different ways. And now today, we're going to talk about an aspect of the Holy Spirit, which I'm going to be honest with you guys, I, I kind of doubted a lot. When I first became a Christian, I kind of doubted this part of the Holy Spirit. And this, this part of the Holy Spirit, this aspect of the Holy Spirit we're going to talk about today, I didn't honestly believe it was true until I experienced it in my own life. And so, I'm going to be honest, you guys might be in here today doubting this, this happens, and, and the Holy Spirit actually speaks to us in this and leads us in this way, but I'm talking to you from personal experience right now that this is the truth because I've experienced it, and it's my prayer that you will experience this aspect of the Holy Spirit as well. And that's this. Write this down. We're just talking about one aspect of the Holy Spirit today. And that's that the Holy Spirit leads me. He leads me. He leads us. So go ahead and flip your Bibles open to Acts chapter 8, verse 26. I'll give you time to get there. Acts 8, 26 through 40 is what we're going to read. So Acts is like a, it's a book in the Bible after the four Gospels. And it's basically right after Jesus died and rose from the grave. Now this is talking about the early church, right? This is, this is right where the disciples starting to spread the word of what Jesus has done. And we're to read the story in scripture. It's about a man named Philip. Can you say Philip with me? Philip? Philip? And an Ethiopian man. And so we'll pick this up. It should be on the board as well. Acts 8 verse 26. It says this. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kondike, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. So let's pause really quick. An angel of the Lord tells Philip to head south. So Philip starts heading south. And while he's walking south, he sees a man, an Ethiopian man, uh, an Ethiopian eunuch, which basically is a man of royalty. He's Ethiopian royalty. And he was on his chariot. And the Spirit, it says, told Philip. Yeah, this is what he, the Spirit tells Philip. Just go to that chariot and just stay near it. Now, remember that. The Spirit tells Philip, just go to that chariot and just stay near it. That's all he says. And it, the Scripture says that this Ethiopian eunuch was reading uh, the book of Isaiah. Now, Isaiah is a book in the Bible. Isaiah is a, the man that wrote this. He's a prophet. And he wrote this hundreds of years before Jesus even came to this earth. And he basically was a, he prophesied and, and predicted of what was to come. He, he predicted everything that Jesus would do, his, even specifically into his death and his resurrection and, and how he would die. And so this Ethiopian eunuch was reading this book of Isaiah, and it goes on to say in verse 30, Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I? He said. Unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come, up, to come up and sit with him. Has anyone ever felt this way? You're reading scripture and you have no idea what it means or says. Raise your hand. That's it. Wow. Everyone else is geniuses like that. 
So that's exactly what this man was feeling. He, he was reading scripture. This Ethiopian eunuch was reading scripture, and he didn't know what it meant. He didn't get it. So it says in verse 32, this is the passage of scripture that this eunuch was reading. This is what it says. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shear is silent. So he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. So this is actually in Isaiah chapter 53 in the Bible, and it's predicting Jesus' death, right? We know that now that this was, Isaiah was predicting Jesus' death and how he would die, but this Ethiopian eunuch didn't know that. He didn't know who he was talking about. And it says, verse 34, the eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. Verse 36, as they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Verse 40, Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. So, let me ask you guys something. Have you ever felt the Holy Spirit leading you? Ask yourself that question right now. Have you ever felt the Holy Spirit leading you? And if you are probably, if you were in where I was at, if I would have been where you're at right now, I would have probably be thinking, no, I don't think so. But my question is you, have you ever walked into the cafeteria at school and seen, saw that person sitting by themselves and you felt something in you telling you, you need to go sit with them, you need to go be friends with them? Or have you ever walked by someone in the hallway and, see, and you saw that they're crying and you felt like something inside of you told them to go encourage them or go see what's wrong or see how they're doing. You ever felt that that might be the Holy Spirit talking to you and guiding you. You see, just as Jeff talked about last week, the Holy Spirit like guides us. He's like, hey, watch that step. Hey, watch that step in front of you. The Holy Spirit's guiding us through our lives as we walk through our lives, our daily lives. But the Holy Spirit's also guiding us and how to be disciples, how to share the gospel and share the good news of Jesus and to share the love of God to the people around us. The Holy Spirit's guiding us in that process too. I heard a story last week. A man went to uh, a coffee shop. He was at Starbucks and he was working and he was just sitting at a table in Starbucks working and a guy sits across the table from him and he all of a sudden feels like something inside of him. This guy is a follower of Jesus. He believes it was the Holy Spirit was telling him to put down his work and just go talk to that guy. And so he decides to do it. He's like, okay, I'll, go, I'll do it. I, so he puts down his work and starts a conversation with this guy across from the, a random guy that sat there. And he, it starts with small talk. Hey, how are you doing? What's your name? Where are you from? Things like that. But it quickly turned into something much deeper. And the, they started talking about what this other guy sitting across the table was going through. He was going through a hard time in his life at that moment. And the crazy part is, is that what that guy was going through is something very specific that I won't get into right now. But he was going through something very specific and he was struggling with it. That guy that felt led by the Spirit actually went through that a year before. 
And he, so that guy got to share exactly how Jesus brought him out of that time, how God worked in him, and what he learned during that time. And he got to share that with the other guy sitting across from him. And that led to a conversation about God and about Jesus and about their faith. And five minutes into that conversation, this is 15 minutes going on now, 15 minutes after starting a conversation with a random stranger, the guy's like, well, what do I do now? And the guy that felt led by the Spirit was like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, I believe in Jesus, I think. Like, what do I do? And so they decided to meet up every week at that same place in that coffee shop and go through Scripture. But you see, all the Holy Spirit told that guy was, just go talk to that guy. That's all he said. They go talk to that guy. And, and he did, and look what happened. That other guy believes in Jesus because of him, and now he wants to follow him. You see, the Holy Spirit is leading us in that. That's the same exact thing that happened in Acts 8. In Acts 8, what we just read, the Holy Spirit tells Philip, hey, go to that chariot and just stay near it. There wasn't anything else. It wasn't, hey, you're going to baptize this guy in like two hours. You know, that wasn't it. It was just go to that chariot and stay near it. And so he does that, and look what happens. The Ethiopian eunuch then gives his life to Jesus, and he's baptized because of it. You see, you guys, the Holy Spirit is leading us. He leads me. And I love this part about the Holy Spirit because, one reason why here, because the pressure is now off of my life because I am no longer the leader of my life. God is the leader. I am a follower. I'm no longer the leader of my life. I am now a follower. God is the leader. He leads me in how to make disciples and share my faith to the people around me that he specifically places in my life. And the thing is, the question is, though, how does he lead me? That's the question everyone wants to know. How, how does God lead me? How does an invisible God lead you? Right? That's what we want to know. Well, he leads me with sense, with feeling, with prompting. Through his word, he leads me. Some people, like Jeff talked about last week, have heard the audible voice of God. I haven't yet. I'm not going to say it doesn't happen because I firmly believe it does, but I haven't, so I can't say that. I'm speaking from truth here. I've never heard the audible voice of God, but God, that doesn't mean God doesn't lead me. God leads me with the sense and the feeling and the prompting. I'll never forget, it's funny that, Jeff, we just announced today that I am now the high school pastor because I'll never forget the day when I felt called to come to Beaverton Foursquare. I was living in Bend. I was working for Fellowship of Christian Athletes, if anyone knows who that is. I was working with high school athletes and discipling them and doing chapels before sports games and things like that and working at a church as well, and I loved it. I, I, you get, do you guys know what that yellow thing in the sky is? Up there? The sun. Yeah, the Ben gets that a lot. Ben gets the sun a lot. And so I, I loved it in Ben. And then all of a sudden, doors opened for me here in Beaverton, and I didn't know why. I was like, so I started asking God, why are these doors opening? I honestly didn't even ask for them to be open. And for a while there, I was like, no, God, I don't want to go to Beaverton. I, and I told them that here. I was like, I don't really want to come here. And I felt God feel like saying, hey, just go check it out. So I came here and checked it out, and I met a guy who works on staff here, and he told me when I was like, I don't, I don't, I love it here, it's cool here, but I love it in Bend. I love what I'm doing there. I feel like God's moving there, so I don't know what to do. 
And he's like, well, just ask God for a verse. So he said, ask God for a verse. And I was like, what My, I'm a skeptic. My mind goes right to skepticism. And so I was like, that doesn't work. How does that, God can't speak to me through a verse. Like, I'm, I'm what, 2018. God can't do that, right? And, and so, but I tried it. I tried it. So I, I remember sat down before bed, and I was like, God, if you want me in Beaverton, and I was actually living in the house I was not right now, and I was like, God, if you want me in Beaverton, you got to make it clear to me that you, like, I need a verse or something that I can see or hear because I need clarity if you want me here because I would rather be in Bend. I love it in Bend. So if you want me here, you got to make it clear. So I sat there for an hour. Hour went by. Heard nothing, felt nothing. Has anyone else, you guys in here, have you never heard of God? Or like you've never heard the audible voice of God? You felt like God is just leaving you alone right now. You don't hear him. You don't feel him. There's got to be people in here that feel like that. And I, that was exactly that for that hour. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I just sat there in my room. And then nothing. I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I was thinking of other things at that point. My mind was racing. And so I just kept thinking to myself after an hour, an hour and a half of this, well, I'll just start reading in Scripture where I left off. I didn't hear God speak to me. He didn't say, hey, go read in James 1.12. Or nothing like that. So I decided I'll just start reading where I left off in Scripture. I, I was going through the book of Acts just in my morning readings. So I was like, I'll just read through Acts. And it's interesting that where I left off, I only read 10 verses in the morning in Acts. And it was in Acts 23, actually. Uh, Acts 23, I read verses 1 through 10 in the morning. And I stopped in the middle of the chapter. So I, I decided to pick up where I left off. And Acts, and this is the first verse I read. It said this: That night the master appeared to Paul. It's going to be all right. Everything is going to turn out for the best. You've been a good witness for me here in Jerusalem. Now you're going to be my witness in Rome. You see, that spoke so clearly to me of God saying, "Hayden, you've been a good witness for me here in Ben. Now I want you to be my witness in Beaverton." You see, I didn't hear the audible voice of God. And honestly, at the time, I didn't feel any sense or prompting, but God's word led me. The Holy Spirit is leading us, you guys. He's leading us. He's leading me. And uh, maybe not through his audible voice, but through other things, through his word and through sense and feeling and prompting. Right? So the question isn't whether God is leading you or the Holy Spirit is leading you, because he is. But the question is, Will we be surrendered to follow? Do we care enough to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us? And does anyone know who Marshawn Lynch is? Raise your hand if you know who Marshawn Lynch is. Skittles? Anyone, anyone like Skittles? Yeah. So I'll give you a picture of him. Uh, Marshawn is a professional football player. He plays for the Seahawks. Or no, he did play for the Seahawks. Now he plays for the Raiders. Sorry. Um, and basically he came up with a TV show uh, last year where him and a bunch of his buddies would uh, get together and they'd basically have like a trailer and they would park a trailer outside like a restaurant and they'd send one guy into the restaurant with an earpiece, right? And Marshawn and a bunch of other guys would be sitting in the trailer and telling, what, telling this one guy what to do and what to say. So they'd be like, and they'd watch this whole thing go out, play out. So he'd be like, hey, you have to go jump on the table and pound your chest and act like you're a gorilla. 
in the middle of the public, in the middle of this restaurant. And so Marshawn and his buddies would watch this happening, but they'd be telling him what to do and say. So I just need one volunteer right now. Raise your hand. Volunteers? Connor, you're the volunteer. Everyone give up for Connor. All right. So there's one rule to this game. There's just one rule to this game. Connor has to do everything I tell him to do or say anything I tell him to say. Will you do that, Connor? All right. So the first thing, there'll just be a couple things. The first thing, uh, do five push-ups. Five push-ups. Count. One, two, three, four, five. All right. Three jumping jacks. One, two, three. Okay, okay. Now give uh, Pastor Jeff a big bear hug. Now, everyone say, aww. Come back up, come on. Okay, okay. Uh, last thing. Uh, go to Pastor David. Pastor David looks lonely back there. He doesn't have any friends. No one's sitting by him. Will you, Connor, go sit by Pastor David and be his friend for the rest of the service? Yes, you can get your stuff. So this, this game happens till the service ends, too. So you have to be his friend for the rest of the service. So you guys, my question is, you guys, how many lives would change if we just listened and obeyed the Holy Spirit? If we listened to his voice speaking to us, you guys, how many lives would change? And we need to be completely led by the Holy Spirit. Yes, the Holy Spirit might not be talking to you through an audible voice like I was just speaking to Connor and telling him what to do or say and how to share the love of God. Yes, the Holy Spirit and God might not be speaking to us like that through his audible voice, but he is speaking to you through his word. That's one thing he definitely is doing. And I would bet that many of you have also been led by the Spirit through, through sensing and feeling and prompting as well. Something inside of you that you can't explain, telling you that you, know, you need to go sit with someone who's sitting alone in the back of service. I, I would bet that many of you have felt that way before. And this, you guys, is something that's bigger than we can imagine and even comprehend because this has something to do with eternity, right? Just as Philip was led by the Spirit, now this Ethiopian eunuch gave his life to Jesus, now he had a relationship with God when he lived, and now he's spending eternity with Jesus in heaven. This has some implications to it. So I'm going to go up and start to close if Deb and the worship want to come up now. Um, you guys, I'm sure everyone in here has felt led by the Spirit like I talked about. But the question that we need to always wrestle with now is, are you surrendered? Are you fully surrendered to the Holy Spirit to allow him to lead you? Are you the leader of your life or are you the follower of your life? The question is, you guys, do you care enough to listen?